What up, though? It's your boy CB. That's Chill B, and this is the Chill Bravado Podcast. And I have a series called Laker 82-16, where we cover the grind of an 82-game-long season where it takes 16 wins to get the chip in the end. And we are coming off of a win over the Spurs that was kind of, you know, wasn't fun to watch in the first half. But integrating some new guys in and, you know, just having, you know, AD come back, Rua get his debut, and it was kind of going to see what was going to happen. And I kind of expected it to be a struggle, but we pulled it out at the end. So we're going to talk about AD's return. We're going to talk about the debut of Rui Hachimura. Um, we're going to talk about Russ a little bit. You know, got it. we got to speak on him. He's having a rough patch of games. But I didn't want to get too much into it, but this marks three years since we lost the late, great Kobe being Bryant. Uh, most of us who are Laker fans in, in this certain generation, it's probably because of him. And, and, and it's, it's tough, you know. It's not fair sometimes when you say, man, if we could just have this guy still here doing what he was going to do the next chapter in his life, as well as him watching these Lakers, you know, play and, and just, just getting his knowledge of the game. We know he would constantly be in rotation of asking, well, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? Yeah, man, it's just tough. So I didn't want to dwell on it too long, but we definitely can't go without, you know, at least letting that lead off. We miss him. You know, his family misses him more, first of all. His friends, his teammates, most of us never even met the guy. But we feel like we did. I know most of you, um, that that Sunday, I remember I was getting out of church and I was getting phone calls, and you would think a relative really died. People were checking up on me. So I look back and that memory and it's, it, it's fine. It's, it's, it's not funny, but it's just a, a fond memory of mine that people thought about me first when Kobe died. So the people in my circle knew how much that guy meant to uh Laker nation all over. So here we are. We're about to get going. And Oh yeah. Don't forget today. We're going to do the top five, top five on the East, top five in the West and the play in situation around the Lakers. I can care less about what the East got going on in the play-in. It's all about the Lakers here, so we'll be right back. Keith Smith of the Front Office Show and Podcast, he tweeted out, the Lakers are 13th in the Western Conference. The Lakers are three games behind for a home court advantage in the Western Conference playoffs. It's incredible that both of these things are true. And that's just how tight it is. We're going to talk about that when we get to the top five. But man, it's just amazing to see that that's how tight the West is from, from four down. Like, it's crazy tight. I mean, the top guys are going at it too, but... We don't know who's going to be in the playing. We don't know who's going to be in the playoffs. We don't know who's going to miss it. So it's just these games matter. So winning this game last night, 113-104, the Lakers needed that win. You were trying to, you know, input everybody back into where we are now. So it, it's tough. Let's look at the stats real quick. Um, I want to give a shout out to Dennis. Dennis didn't have, like, this great, like, huge numbers. He only shot three for 12. But he had, you know, he had nine points, eight rebounds, five assists. But dig this, two big blocks. Okay, one on Yaka Pertle and the other one on the guy who was shooting a three in the corner. I can't remember if it was Keldon Johnson or not. But when he picked that up, that was amazing. He also had four steals. 
He was very aggressive, man, on a night where you can tell the Lakers were playing in the back-to-back. So, we got to shout him out. Patrick Beverly, season-high, 18 points, hit three three-pointers with six for 12. Didn't really do much else. He had a couple steals. You know, he had a block. You know, it was down low, of course. But, you know, I, and he had a chance to even dunk on that 18 point. He, he had a fast break, you know, leaked out. LeBron threw it to him. He decided to go up and lay it up for safety. I ain't mad at that. But I thought, you know, we had the discussion early in the season. Can Pat Bev dunk? Like, we had to go back in the archives and find a dunk by Pat Bev. Go look it up. Go look up Pat Patrick Beverly dunks. Okay, go look that up. It's fun to watch. But, yeah, most of the team was either trying to get back into the rotation or either they just looked like they just came off a back-to-back. LeBron definitely didn't look like he had the energy, and he still went out and got 29 and 11. Um, still struggling from the three-point line, but, you know, of course he had the amazing three-point shots against the Clippers, and we needed all those and still lost by a large margin. But that's probably the only game where he's really shot great from three in a long time, but he's still been able to get to the cup and, and do things there. So we're not mad at that. He had eight. Eight out of 20 shooting night. You know, it wasn't great for him, but he did enough. Thomas Bryant, who I've said it just like his AD has to be a welcome sight for him because his energy level is teetering a little bit. Like you can just tell this guy is, you know, he's gassed. You can see it. It's just, it's a lot, a lot of energy he had to do and disperse just to keep this team competitive. So we're cool with that. Tom, um, Troy Brown, you know, he hit two threes. You know, he's, he's been more one of our more consistent shooters. But let's get to the guys. Anthony Davis, he is the guy. All right. He, tw- 26 minutes total, 21 points, 12 big rebounds. You know, hit a three, had four blocks. You could tell the difference between Thomas Bryant as our rim protector and then Anthony Davis as our rim protector. So Anthony Davis comes back. He looked very, like in the beginning of the game, you can tell us like you have to give him grace to get himself back into it he's a rhythm type of player but defensively he could tell he's still there I don't know how it's going to look against Boston but against this team this is the best situation to bring him back in and let him start well not start but get back in the game because he came off the bench and he got these numbers by the way so with AD he, he, he scared us a couple times I was watching every step he took every little step I take I was watching all of them okay and it just felt like he was just you know at one time, I thought it was kind of slow dragging. I'm like, oh, man, I hope he's not feeling any pain. Then he picked it up. He got an alley. He, you know, he turned around, did some things. I think it's just you got to test it and fill it out. So I think we have to be patient with him as he allows his body to communicate to him what it likes and don't like right now. We had the scare when he did the heave at the buzzer. And I think it was Collins um, that, that he came down on his foot. And I'm like, come on, man. He rolled. I was like, oh, no. And he sat in the middle of the court, and the fans just, you could you could hear it, man. Like, <laughs> I don't know if they was worried about him, but they were just pissed off, man. He was just like, they, they were like, this guy can't stay away from an injury. Then another play down the court, it seemed like LeBron was trying to throw him a lob, maybe, and then somebody got up under him, and he came down kind of weird, but they laughed it off, and the fans are not laughing. <laughs> okay, the fans are terrified every time this man goes up for a shot. So, that that scared me. It scared a lot of fans. Even at the end of the game, when the game was still kind of out of reach, but it was still close enough for the Spurs, Mike can make a run. Everybody was like, just take AD out, man. Just finish it without him. Take him out. And we're going to talk about that. You know, not today. I just want to kind of get to my top five. But we're going to talk about this whole thing of, of the season and, 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 and the heart that you have to keep pumping and healthy if you're going to be a Laker fan when AD hits the ground. Um, Westbrook. 
he did not have a good game, even though he made some buckets down the end of the stretch. This was three games in a row where you looked at Russ and said, meh. The overreaction crowd is saying, just trade him. I mean, he, he they, they're saying he has the lowest IQ in the NBA and all this stuff. His, his mistakes are just loud, and we're looking for him. So him having the turnover, which he only had three. He played 28 minutes. He had 14 points. Most of those came at the end, but he was getting... You know, he's been getting blocked a lot lately. Or he's just been missing at the basket. But I, I feel like that might be just a little bit of the back-to-back, too. Or just that amount of energy that he gives and displays. Only thing he really did good was give the, the flagrant foul. And, like, reminding the guy who kind of elbowed, you know, cut him open. He had to wear headband rust for a couple games here early in the season. But, you know, uh, uh, overall, you know, Russ, we, we, we got to give him a little... A few more games. Like if he continues to four and five and six and seven games of just terrible rust, because let's not forget what he did against Memphis. We needed every bucket, every assist, every rebound. It's just this Portland game, Clipper game, and now the Spurs game. He's really not he's not impressed. And, and it's, it's showing. So now I think we should keep our eye open and look at it. But I'm not overreacting to such a small sample size. We have guys who go on slumps and just dip in their performance. It happens. Nobody's going to be a robot and put up the same thing every night. We can be frustrated, but I just say, pump the brakes, relax. He's not a Lord Prey candidate. Just, just relax. But Rui Hachimura, 22 minutes, had 12.6 boards. Um, and he just looked very fluent out there. He got a three-point in rhythm when it was kind of tossed back to him. Um, he had a nice little pull-up in the mid-range, which I'm, I've heard that's where his game lies, his mid-range. He attacked the basket, almost got the and one, tried to flush it on somebody. Rui is a guy, you can just the tip outs, like when the ball's up in the air, he just tips it back out and give us the rebound. Man, like we don't have that. When we had one lineup, it was it was AD, Rui, LeBron, it was either Max Christie or Troy Brown and Dennis. And that's probably one of the biggest lineups we've ever had out there at one time this season. Like him being 6'8, 230, it matters. <laughs> like you can see the difference. And I'm going to talk about more about him and the difference as well as getting to our top five later on in the segment right after this. All right, continuing our talk, man. One thing I noticed, too, is the minutes. Like, who, who is going to get the minutes and who's going to lose minutes? So, with AD coming off the bench, with um, Rui coming off the bench, Winion Gable's the guy who got kind of pushed out. JTA, and I'm fine with JTA not getting that, that many minutes. We only need him and just in case we just need a fresh body out there to do some, you know, some glue work, some tough guy stuff, um, you know, the dirty work. Winion, I, I, I'm curious to see, like, man, we got to find a way to keep him active. But if Rui comes on and plays well and AD stays healthy, yeah, he's probably going to be the guy that's kind of, you know, putting that, you know, backup, you know, reserve role for real, for real. Like not, you know, he's not going to get more than one shift. And I'm fine with that as long as Thomas, Thomas Bryant is still able to continue to play at a high level. Um, but the three guard lineup still came out. It was Russ. It was Pat. It was Dennis. And I'm like, we have size now. Like we can't mix this up. But when we get Lonnie and Austin Reeves back, I think the three guard lineup should go away. Like, the, the small six foot, you know, six, three and under three guards, that's got to go away. Like, it frustrates me to see it. it they, they get cooked. PG, Kawhi cooked it. Jalen Brown and Tatum will cook it. It's, it's not what you want to see. By the way, that's what we play Saturday. 
so yeah, man, I'm just not a fan of it. So hopefully we got we got Rui now and, and healthy AD. We can see a, a, a normal, bigger size NBA lineup because I know we, we like to harp on skill and all this stuff. You can be as skillful as you want to be, but one thing you can't you can't teach size. Athletic Rui um, is is very much gonna be in the mix there. He had a couple runouts where he got some fast break points. And it's funny because you, you bobble the ball a little bit. I'm like, hey, buddy, we need you to get them hands together, sir. So, but he still was able to finish on him. So I feel like the more he gets put in the lineup, is he going to eventually start? Is it going to be him and AD and LBJ? Is he gonna, Are we going to see Thomas Bryant and Anthony Davis together? Didn't really get to see that since he came off the bench. I don't know. But I just feel like we're on this road trip. Like, do we even have time to like experiment with more lineup changes and stuff? I just feel like... Yeah, man, the earlier you can get a trade done that makes sense, it's the better. Because we need these guys clicking after this all-star break. Like, if we're going to get this thing done, let's get it done as soon as possible. And everybody's screaming, trade Russ, trade Russ. You know, Pat Bev got his value up, which I don't think is true. Pat Bev is what he is. I feel like he's playing better as of late, but that's he's playing to his norm. So he finally got back up. The regression the earlier part of the season, I didn't believe was going to be forever. He's now playing to what he is. That's a guy who can hit the occasional three. He's going to play pesky defense, and he's going to be um, a glue guy on your team. So losing him would, would suck, but if you gain an asset this, that can overcome, that's even better. Trading Russ, fans want to do it. I've teeter-tottered about it, you know, going back and forth with it. But if we're going to trade Russ, we have to find a guard or a playmaker that can create for our big the way he did for TB and Wayne Gabriel and even Anthony Davis when he was healthy. Um, we, I don't want to lose that. Like a guy who's going to be constantly attacking when he's playing his best ball because lately he has not been playing his best ball. But I'm just I'm just crazy enough to say that there's no way he's going to continue to play that bad all the time. Like he's going to have his loud turnovers, but we were able to you know take the good, the bad, and the ugly. But we can't have all ugly like. No, we can't. You can't do that. Nah, make over. We got it. We got to make sure you put some makeup on that pig, baby. Like if it, if it stinks, at least make it look good. So you know, sometimes Russ can stink, but he puts a little extra on there, and we're like, you know what? That's our pig. You know, and I don't know why that was my analogy, but about putting makeup on a pig. But anyways. Just moving right along with that, man. Like, Max Christie, like, when these guys come back, Lonnie and, and, and Austin Reeves come back, is Max Christie going to be out uh, of minutes? I'm just like, what are we going to do? I'm, I'm curious to see the roster, you know, line up, play out, because, man, like, is the move, is another move really coming? Because now you're hearing Rob Polinka saying that if it's not a championship move, we're not moving the first round picks. But then we're searching for trade, so... Does that mean if we're just doing players like Lonnie and Pat, you know, and Russ, we still might make those, but we're not going to use our first round picks if they don't make us a championship contender. So I feel like I'm hearing two sides. So I don't know which one takes, you know, precedence over the other, but you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious, man. So we're going to get into the top five right after this. So let me, let me just run them down to you real quick. I don't want to, I don't want, I don't want to make sure I want to make sure I, I list these correctly in the East. As of now, Boston Celtics at number one, 76 is at two bucks at three nets at four Cavs at five. So that's top five in the East in the West. You have nuggets. One Grizzlies, two Kings, three Pelicans, four 
Clippers 5. So when I come back, we're going to talk about a little bit of top five. All right, all right. Top five Eastern Conference. Let's start at number five. Let's start with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Cleveland, um, when they have Donovan Mitchell, they're a problem. Like when he he missed the game and they let somebody beat them without nobody out there. I think Golden State or somebody beat him, and I was upset because the, the standings on the West, we need Golden State to lose some of those games. But hey, it is what it is. I like the Cavs when I got to watch them. I mainly watched them against the Lakers, and I watched them maybe once or twice. Other than that, I did I didn't get a chance to see the seventy point game, the seventy one point game by Donovan. But you know the highlight showed it. But it did. I, I like seeing some of these games just happen in the moment. It's crazier then because you get to actually like, dang, he did that in the quarter. Dang, he did that in a stretch of eight minutes. Like you know, so I like them. I feel like they are definitely in moving in the right direction. I didn't think that it would click this fast, but once again, when the playoffs start. I want to see the two little guards go up against some of the top teams in their in their conference. So I'm curious to see that. Like them versus the Heat in the first round matchup, I want to see it. <laughs> you know, if the Heat are healthy, I want to see it because I've been told, oh, the Heat need to blow it up, and here they are sitting at six right now, sitting at, sitting in the six spot. But blow it up though. All right, you know, sometimes you gotta wait. Sometimes you just gotta stick to your culture, Miami. They know who I'm talking about. The Nets at four, I feel like they would be higher than this if Katie didn't get hurt. It sucked that he got hurt. I was upset that he got hurt, especially since he missed that Philly game. And, man, I feel like that game could have been totally different. But the Nets are a team who, are, to me, are top two, three in my mind. And they it's, it's, it's very much alive for them to win a title or at least get to the finals if they can stay healthy because – they need a big, we know that, and I'm hearing that they're looking to get one of their snipers and see if they can bring in some some help. Um, so that's Joe Harris, that's Seth Curry, and Patty Mills. Patty Mills is probably the one you want to move because he's older, but are you really going to get back, you know, adequate, you know, um, players and depth or whatever? Are you going to get back what you want? So that mean that mean Curry and uh, Harris are probably more, you know, just the easier ones to move. I don't know how you get that. I don't know what you want. Do you want a rim protecting big? Do you want a, a, a lob threat big? Do you want a defensive anchor big? Do you want a stretch five big? Do you want to, you know, it's like, which type of big did this team really want? I don't know what type of big they want. So if it's for defense, who are you going to find? You know, name, name, name a list. You know, JR told me maybe you go try to get JaVale. JaVale don't even get minutes, but I see where he's going with that, but is he going to move the needle? Am I giving up a sniper for a guy who's not even in a rotation right now? I don't know. But moving moving on. The Bucks are three. The Bucks need to get healthy Middleton going and going and going because, man, I'm, just, I'm not feeling confident about this team. And I feel like um, fatigue is setting in on the, how great Giannis is. Fans are not talking about him as much anymore. The media tries to keep just mentioning him just enough so if he does blow up, they can say, well, we we knew all along. That's, that's like my Kendrick Perkins talk. But, yeah, it's like the fans have grown, you know, bored and fatigued with this team unless you're a Milwaukee fan. Nobody's really bringing them up, and rightfully so. It's like they need that Jay Crowder. They need another wing. They need something, you know, something 
You know, they need a shot in their arm, okay? You know, I would say the B12 shot. They need to get a shot of energy in the arm. And, and it just looks like Giannis is going to wear down if it stays like this with, without the health, you know? And then, and two, the 76ers, man, I've watched them over and over and over again. And I must admit, they're going to be a dangerous team in the playoffs, healthy. And I feel like they can play, you know, they, they can be versatile. And that big guy in the middle, Embiid is going to make it impossible to get into a rhythm on your side of the court. Because you got James Harden, who's one of those guys who can draw fouls in weird ways. You got Embiid, who just presses you into, you know, he gets contact. He can do the, the skillful things of getting you to, to bite on pump fakes. He can drive to the basket. He will dunk on you. He's big. He's powerful. He can stretch out and shoot the three. He's going to be a problem in the playoffs if you do not have you know, that type of, of, of personnel that can at least slow him down or at least make it where he's the only one being, you know, getting off on you. Tobias Harris played well the last time I've, the last few times I've seen him. You know, you know, what's, what's my man's name? Um, is it Maxie? Milton? Like, they have a, a great group of guys there. You know, I, I hate that Montrezl Harold is just kind of like this backup big who doesn't really get the, all the dunks and the 20 points anymore. I miss him as a Laker and even I mean, I even liked him and he's a villain with the Clippers, but yeah, man, it's not looking, it's not looking like I, I'm going to see Trez do much anymore, but oh, all in all, that's a dangerous threat in the East right there. And then we had number one, the Celtics, the Celtics, all they have to do is make it to the finals and win the championship. That's all they got to do. That's their mission is simple. And I asked, I asked my homie JR, man, I said, do do they run it back if they don't make it or they don't win? He said, yeah, I believe I believe so too, but like, do you bring in something else? Like with the Grant Williams and I mean, at the most extreme, Marcus Smart, um, Derek White, Al Hoff is getting a year older. Like, what do you you know, Pritchard? Like, what do you do if you don't? I mean, this is something we talk about in off season, but what do you do if you don't win at all? Because this team right now, it's literally has to be championship or bust mentality. Because you're young. You're good. You're well coached. Um, you gotta win it. So I'm just looking forward to what happens in the East because if they don't win it, then you know I'm talking. Like it's it's over. Like it's earth. I'm barking. <laughs> well, I mean, I was on the mindset last year, like as long as the Clippers and the Boston Celtics don't win the chip, I'm all for it. So I, I had to, you know, swallow my pride and 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 root for the Golden State Warriors. And now I'm back, and then now I'm back talking trash about Clay and everybody. So you know, it's like it is what it is. Like you did what we we did what we needed to do last year, but now it's business as usual. So next I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna talk about the top five in the West, and you know maybe talk about some play in situations down at the bottom around the Lakers. All right, top five, Western Conference. The Clippers make me sick. I mean, if you if you listen to the last episode, you heard you heard me talk about it a little bit. Not gonna get that that much into it. Them healthy, I feel like they should be up at least in the top three. That's just how I look at it. They should be top three. Yeah, but a team like them, like when they were going off on the Lakers in that first half, I was like, they're probably not gonna shoot that good in the second, and they didn't. And like you could tell, everything came down to earth. 
you know, Powell and all these guys is wolfing and because you know it's easy to do all that when you're leading and you, everything's hitting. But at the end of the day, you're 26 and 24. You know, you you barely, you know, a couple wins and losses one way, they're gonna they're gonna be fine. Or they're not gonna be fine. Like look, look at it. Like <laughs> like they can go, they can make it up to three in, in, in a week if things fall the right way. But they can also drop down to like 10 or 11 if it don't go right. You know, they, they want to keep these guys healthy. And I knew they both were going to play against the Lakers. That's fine because we want to see that. But I think we still see who the best player on the court was during that game. We knew who the better team was, just the way it's constructed. And they have a lot of, um, of depth and length. But when the playoffs get here, what's your rotation going to be? Who are you relying on? Are you going to trust Reggie Jackson to come out of his funk and play like he did? Are you going to trust John Wall to come back and contribute in the playoff setting when you're trying to figure out do we want him? Do we want to start him? Do we want to start Reggie? Do we want to upgrade and try to get somebody else? Like, and if they make a trade and upgrade that position, that's another piece they have to figure out how to add in there. Unless they give away, you know, you know, multiple, you know, wing depth, like guys, I don't know. But I feel like the Clippers have a good problem. Like once you figure out what your rotation is, and I think Tyn Lu's done a great job of keeping these guys engaged. Luke Kennard was hurt. That's another person who I can't stand playing against when he goes against the Lakers because that three ball always seems to find his way when he playing against us. The Pelicans, they're on a six-game losing streak. So, you know, they're trying to get back healthy. And, you know, once Zion comes back and I think B.I. is right, you know, gets in the groove, they might can, you know, push for that three spot too. But I feel like they're probably going to start falling down a little bit, just falling from grace. It's coming. Coming on down, you know, that pick swap with the Lakers, they they don't want the Lakers to win because that means that pick, you know, they don't have as much, you know, advantage with the pick swap. And the Lakers, we want them to lose because we want that. We want to affect how good they are. Let's bring that back down so we can be sitting in the draft next to each other. So, you know, they get the better pick out of whoever has the, you know, the, the record, you know, the worst record, you know. So that's how that works for them. So definitely going to be rooting for Zion and B.I., and, and some of my favorite players on that team, but as a team, nah, they, they, they can keep losing. They're on the six game losing streak. The Kings at three. I feel like that's going to come down. Even though, because they've had a lot of close wins, especially against us, and and I feel like they're a good offensive team. They really can score the basketball, but in the playoffs, Sabonis being your five is going to be an issue. I don't care what no one says. Now, if you can overcome that issue, that's a whole different story. Now, you can overcome it. But every team has flaws and those flaws tell you how much of a, a margin of error you have like the Lakers don't have a big margin of error because our health is always bad we're undersized and we're relying LeBron to do too much at 38 so our margin of error isn't that big you know like when the Warriors are winning championships they turn the ball over a lot just being real loosey-goosey with the ball but their margin of error was fine because they had Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond Green and that veteran bench and even when they got KD they had Kate, you know, they had the ultimate cheat code. So you, that, that, when I say margin of error, that's what I'm talking about. How much talent and skill and overcomers do you have on your roster that can make up for your flaws? And I feel like the King's flaws is defense and the King's flaws is rim protection. It's rim protection. And then after that, it's going to be like playoff experience. And De'Aaron Fox is going to definitely blossom if he gets in close games in the fourth quarter because he has um, all, all, the, all the sauce. Okay. He knows what to do when he gets in there and, and if they rely on just him doing that i feel like nine times out of ten he's gonna make the big shot but can they get the big stop 
that's going to be the big thing with the Kings. So the Kings, right now I'm giving you a crown, but come playoff time, you're probably going to be coming back down to earth. Yeah. What's, you know, what's a king to a god? I've heard, I heard people saying so. Grizzlies, number two. You know, my issue with them is they're perf- they a perfectly, exa- perfectly good example of being just a young, rowdy bunch of, of, of just, you know, ballers, and talent, and length, athleticism. And they're the best show in the league right now. Like, John Morant is high flying. He, to me, is an anti hero. Like, it's teams and players and, you know, fans that do not like John because he talks so much and he talks so big. And I always talk about the quotes he made because I love, I love it. I love a villain. Like, I had to change my views on Pat Bev a couple years ago because I was thinking, even then, I was like, man, one day this dude's going to end up being on my team. And I called him make jokes last year. I was like, well, Pat Bear's going to be on the Lakers, and here we are. But I like Ja because Ja's an anti-hero. He's for the culture. Like, he's to me, he's the, you know, the moving forward. He's the face of this league because he just provides something that is typical, everyday, you know, type of guy. He works hard. You know, he talks big. He's got that comp, that cockiness, that confidence that most men and women who play in sports, they want to play with that. You know, not all of them, but most of them. So Ja, to me, has to stay in that lane. Like, he has to stay anti-hero. You know, he's not going to be Steph, the pretty boy assassin, babyface assassin. He's not going to be LeBron, this big, huge, you know, freight train coming out. He's not going to be that. He's going to be a mix of, like, Iverson and whatever other guards you want to put in there. He's going to have that type of impact because he's really put Memphis. You know, Memphis, him and the Memphis music scene is, like, big right now. Like, they're coming out. Like, I'm like, Big Glorilla and all these. Like, they're coming out. Like, so, yeah. So, Ja definitely the face of the league. But that being said, he doesn't have a jump shot in the mid-range. He has to fall on the floor too much. His team can't shoot free throws that well. They don't have anybody who's a dynamic sniper. Um, Dylan Brooks, he's going to run his course and he's going to, you know, shoot you out of games. I feel like he has that type of complex. Desmond Baines is a great player. I feel like he can emerge in the playoffs. Um, um, Steven Adams, I feel like he's outdated. Eventually, you're gonna, he's going to get played off the floor against good teams. Um, and Jaron Jackson Jr. has to stop fouling. Brandon Clark, who's a very much uh, lightning rod off the bench, but you know, and, and Zaire Williams, like, it's a lot of, you know, guys in there who could do a lot of things for you. But what are they going to do? What are they going to do, brother? <laughs> what are they going to do when Hokamania runs wild on you and they run into the Golden State Warriors again? So I'm going to come back and I'm going to talk about the Nuggets. And then I'm going to talk about the play-in and, you know, get ready for our game against the Boston Celtics on Saturday. All right, to put a bow on this and tie this up, the Denver Nuggets are sitting at number one, and I feel like Joker should be getting... I'm putting the pressure, like, as far as expectations. Like, if this guy's going to win another MVP, he has to win a finals MVP with it. Like, I'm done. I don't I don't even watch the Nuggets unless they're playing against a good team. I'm, I'm done with it, man. Like, well, I get it. You, They like him. He's, he's a good player. But he's not exciting to watch not fun to watch unless you're going to against quality opponents and i'm just 
I like the way the team's constructed. Like to me, they're, they're a fine team. Like don't get me wrong, it's a good team. I like I like that nobody can speed Joker up. You know, just because I don't find his particular brand of playing, you know, the most exciting. But I don't really care about all. I don't need to see how high flying all the time. But yeah, man, I I'm just waiting to the playoffs with him and and the Celtics and Luca. Like and you know, I'm wait. I'm ready for it. Like I feel like Embiid has been screwed a couple of times. You know, MVP type. So. It's all about the playoffs, man. You know, so that's all I'm waiting on. Like, holler at me when we get to the playoffs. So, Nuggets, if you're not, if you're not in the finals, if you're not in the finals, or if you're not at least in the conference finals, excuse me, if you're not in the conference finals and you're playing the way you're playing right now, you're number one, I find that to be an issue. And now you got to look in the mirror and see what the world we got going on. What's going to be the next move? If you make it to the finals, I, I, I give you a little, you know, because you made it there. But if you don't make it to the finals, I'm looking at you sideways. That's just how I feel about the Nuggets. The Grizzlies are still up and coming. I'm not really worried if they make the finals or not, because if they don't, I'm just going to be like, I told you, they can't shoot. They can't, they don't have anybody hit tough twos. And, that, you know, I can make an excuse for them, but, because John's not going anywhere. But the Nuggets, the Clippers, and the, you know, the Warriors are always going to be looked at that way. So let's slide down. Let's slide down. Let's go. Six, Mavericks. Seven, Suns, who's on a four-game win streak. Warriors, eight. Timberwolves, ninth. Jazz, 10. Thunder, 11. Trailblazers, 12. And then Lakers, 13. But the thing that separates the Lakers from... <laughs> it's, like, it's like three games, man. It's, it's amazing what, what, what separates them. It's... It's just amazing. Like, like he said, three games behind home court advantage. Now, granted, getting there is going to be tough, but the Timberwolves, man, come on, man. Like, they, If they get healthy, I, I expect them to be in the plan. Like, they, they should be there. The Jazz, I expect to be in the plan. The Thunder, I don't know. I don't know. I got to wait and see them because we play against them soon after the road trip, and I just feel like, you know, Gildress, Alexander, he's going to be a problem for us because you know how I feel about guards who can touch the paint. And he's one of those guys who's going to give us a fit. So I'm nervous about them. Trailblazers, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for them to just continue to fall back. You know, just, they won two in a row, but and Dame got 60, woo-wah-wah. But I'm not, I'm not worried about the Trailblazers or the Thunder or the Timberwolves. Not worried about them. The Mavericks, I'm, I'm not even really worried about them because... You know, unless it's like make or miss with them. They're making their shots, and Luka can do his, you know, ISO thing, whatever. But shouldn't they be like four? Like, <laughs> why the Mavericks? We praise Luka so much, but then and then we get on there. He needs some help. The same thing with the Lakers. LeBron don't deserve this. Cut it out. Like, I that drives me crazy. I don't want to hear that. Like, I don't want you bashing these guys, but. Stop acting like these other guys is not out there competing, man. Like, and then you play until the Lucas strength. So of course Lucas gonna look like he needs help when they say, "Hey, get Luca the ball and let him work." The Suns, I feel like, are getting healthy, and Booker is not even back yet, and they won four games in a row. They probably gonna move up. I just feel like they're gonna have something to prove, at least for for the time being. I'm not saying they're gonna finish the season in the top five or top four, but I'm curious to see what they're gonna look like because now they know. People lost, lost doubt in them. Like, nobody looks at them. Everybody like, oh, they're falling apart. Just trade them. What they do with, you know, Aiden and, you know, whatever they're trying to do, 
I feel like they have an opportunity to, the pressure's not going to be on them right now because everybody looks at them as like, oh, they're falling off or the engine to hurt. This is the time to do it, man, when nobody's really watching. You won four games in a row and nobody's even talking about it. The Warriors, I feel like, I don't know what they're going to do. But I know they definitely want to get out of that playing game. They probably want to make sure they at least, at least in the playoffs, don't have to worry about that one-time matchup because I'm telling you, they're going to mess around and they're going to mess around and mess around and get caught in the playing game and they're going to run up against like the Lakers or they're going to run up against, you know, who knows? You might, might end up playing against the Suns if they go the wrong way. You know, like, I don't think the Warriors are scared of anybody, but they don't want to put themselves in a situation where one game can change your whole season. What if the Warriors miss the playoffs completely? But I think them winning the chip last year gives them all the excuse and all the pass to not be great this year to not win a chip so but you know it's 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 gonna all it's gonna definitely have its, its, its consequences oh pool and draymond green gonna come back up you know all that stuff's coming back up but what do you do if they miss it you know so i'm just gonna look and see jazz and thunder they're gonna continue to come back trail is gonna come back and i think the lakers are gonna eventually go up we just have to see what this road trip is like because right now man we <sighs> Celtics, Nets, Knicks, Pacers, Pelicans. If we can, if we can go three and two, three and two is, is always a goal for me on the road trips. Like, can we stay above? And if, and even if we, you know, the Pelicans, the Pelicans game, we need to win that just because of the whole draft, um, you know, the pick swapping and stuff. That kind of gives us a little more leverage in that. But let's see if we can go three and two. Let's see what we look like Saturday with AD coming back. Um, no, no, Kevin Durant for the Nets. The Knicks are gonna be tough. Pacers, I don't know if they're gonna have Tyrese um Halbert back, but and I don't know if Zion and then we're gonna be back um against the Pelicans. But hey man, let's see what happens. All right. Let's just see. This is your top five, and this is I'm looking to all the guys who came in and came back. So you guys just just stay tuned, man. We'll we'll see what happens Saturday. Three and two is the goal for this road trip. I'm gonna, I'm gonna fall back and let it breathe for a minute and see how some of this stuff plays out. We'll pop back in if any trades pop off. We'll pop back in if anybody has a game. Like if Russ has another two bad games, we're gonna talk about Russ for like a whole episode, and then we're gonna. I might even just break out the old trade machine. But let's wait and see. Let's see. You guys have a good day. See you next time.